Hi everyone, it's Trang here, and welcome back to my podcast, Tape This, where I interview local artists and learn more about them. Today, I have Darius Ortega with me, and Darius is an artist, audio engineer, and co-founder of KD Productions. I've had the honor of being on his podcast, so I'm super excited to have him on my show today. How are you doing today, Darius? I'm uh, doing pretty well. It's been a pretty chill day, so yeah, nice. enjoying that. Awesome. Well, I want to definitely get to uh, get to definitely know more about you, of course. Um, I know we've talked, you know, over the, the years that we've known each other and you are so multifaceted. So there's so much I know we're going to talk about, but I want to first start with your music side. So if you if you don't mind, let's uh, can you share about how you got into the music aspect? Yeah. So um, I grew up in the church. You know, my mom was in the choir and that's kind of that was what introduced me to music you know my grandpa also was a musician as well he was in the drum and bugle corps for over 50 years you know in the community oh wow where i'm from and stuff like mm. that so that's what ignited and essentially kind of like my love of music you know listening to music in the house you know mm-hmm. whether it be my, my mom's music or my dad's music and just being around that wow yeah. okay so you come from kind of a very musical family it sounds like yeah even my brother does a little bit of music as well. wow that is real neat so can you tell us like how like what start sparked it for you i know you said with listening to your grandpa and everything but when what was the moment where you felt like wow i really want to get in into this well singing you know was a mm. Probably one technically that's like my first instrument. Right? Okay, wow! That's I didn't realize you sang as well. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. So I, you know, I was in the choir, like the children's choir, mm. uh, growing up, and then I was in the choir, like in my in my school for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took guitar lessons, you know, pretty early, mm-hmm. a couple times, you know, in, in the small town that I lived in, mm. and that's pretty much what kind of sparked it for me, just being able to express myself. You know, because I feel like when I was younger, I wasn't able to express myself mm. as freely, or okay. it didn't come as easily. Got know? it. Um, and that was the way that I was able to express myself, whether it be yeah. singing and then playing the guitar, and mm-hmm. kind of like focusing on this, like expressing yeah. whatever I was going through, and also writing, mm-hmm. you know, as well, like yeah. songwriting and lyrics and stuff. Wow. Like that. So, how old were you when all this started? I would say um, probably elementary school. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. You started young. And I love that because as a fellow artist, as a fellow cancer crab, I totally feel that. We're so in our emotions all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you come from a small town. Um, can you share what town that was? Yeah, was it in so, Texas? No, I'm actually oh. from New York. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was born in the city in New York, mm-hmm. but, um, in like Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but I grew up in a place called Brewster. Mm-hmm. New York, about mm-hmm. 15 minutes away from Danbury, Connecticut, okay. about an hour and a half from the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a very small town and out in the woods kind of kind of wow. thing. So was it like, because, you know, when you think of New York, you think of city, but was it like in the country of New yeah, York? definitely. Like, okay, I, I didn't know New York D- had countries. D- oh, <laughs> if you look at the map of New York, right, you'll see New York City at the very bottom, like close to Long Island, right? But like mm-hmm. you... When you really look at it geographically, New York City How is such a small part of the actual mm. state of New York. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, like I was wow. literally in the woods, you know, seeing deer, chipmunk, like oh my rabbits gosh. and stuff like that. That's yeah. so cool. That's awesome. So did did that lifestyle, like living in the woods and, and everything, did that kind of 
inspire you or you know affect any bit of who you are now you think i think so i think that has a lot to do with my temperament and just mm. like how i kind of carry myself got it somewhat kind of like secluded and mm. quiet like mm-hmm. i didn't have to deal with like a bunch of traffic and cars and like yeah. where i lived I had to have a car or I had to have friends mm-hmm. who had a car, mm-hmm. you know, to get anywhere. You know, it wasn't like I could, you know, walk to the corner store like, you know, when I lived in New Rochelle. Because that's where I lived up until about fourth grade, you know, and then I moved to Brewster, mm-hmm. you know, at the, that year. Okay, and, okay. Until uh, senior year and a little, a little bit afterwards. Oh, wow. So you haven't really been in Texas as long. No, I've been in Texas 10 years now. Oh, it's been 10? Okay. Man, yeah. you're sharing our age. You're aging us right now because we're like the same age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it has it's, been 10 years. <laughs> April, April will be 10 years. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I know you also mentioned a little bit ago that you used art and music as a way of expressing yourself because you felt like you couldn't. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that entail? You know, what, why do you think you felt like that growing up? I don't know. Um, well, to be honest, it was a predominantly white school, mm-hmm. and I don't think I always... I never really felt like I fit in. I always mm-hmm. felt kind of out of place, Yeah. to be honest. I gotcha. Um, and that was just one of those things. Um, and I guess the not being able to express myself or not knowing how to mm-hmm. or not really um, having the skills to do so uh, freely uh, as I am now mm-hmm. um, was part of it, but... Um, whether it be relationships or just um, uh, relating to people and stuff like that. Mm, Got it. Um, Yeah, it makes a huge difference when you don't have anyone that looks like you, you know, in your community. It really is hard. Um, So I definitely understand that. So what what would you say, just going back to the music aspect, what would you say are your influences or, you know, your genres of music that you tend to gravitate towards? Well... In the beginning, you know, it had to do with, you know, like, um, gospel a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael Jackson was probably one of my first, like, um, initial influences. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of his when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, I would say, you know, I I kind of grew into, you know, loving hip-hop as well. Just being from New York, you know, East Mm -hmm. Coast hip-hop's a big deal for me. Um, there's a, there's so many different artists. It's kind of hard to pinpoint yeah. because it's like music is just so vast. But mm-hmm. um, I love the blues, you know, R&B, jazz, hip hop. Um, but to name a few, you know, Grant Green is one of my favorite guitar players. Um, Stevie Wonder is a, a great artist that I you know I really love his music. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as hip hop, Joey Badass is one of those people. Mac Miller was a, mm-hmm. a, a, a an artist, you know, when I was younger that I got to see. In 2011 and 2013, mm, wow. and when I was going through, you know, uh, maybe a sort of depression or anxiety, and feeling that he was one of the artists that um, I guess made me feel like I was less alone. Mm. I could relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, that's what helped me, I guess, during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some of the artists that I've, you know, um, enjoyed their music and been able to, I guess, relate to in some, mm-hmm. in some capacity. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. So, sounds like you have just a wide variety of, you know, your influences. And as a as an artist and musician, it's so good to pull from from all types of music and all different artists. You mentioned that you sing. You were in the choir in church. 
um, which I had no idea about, so that's something new I'm learning. And then also songwriting. So how did that come about? Um, I think you said elementary school was when you kind of started doing that. Did you do that on your own or, you know, were your parents putting you in classes or anything for, for any of that? I think my mom actually did put me in some sort of like musical class when I was younger because I remember going into something where it was a group setting and like there were instruments around. And I remember like when I was younger being in say like a music class in like fourth grade. I did trumpet for like a year, I think. Okay. You know, something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, yeah, it was the choir uh, at, at, at school and at, at, um, at my church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the writing was just kind of something that I think naturally I was drawn to mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly when it came about but it was something I was naturally drawn to because I would, um I think my mom gave me like a little journal at one point and I would like write lyrics in that's there so cool. stuff like that yeah. you know so I was writing lyrics kind of express how I felt or mm-hmm. whatever you know yeah. just certain ideas yeah like what sort of things were you writing about um like a reason I ask is because I feel like for me as a writer, I've always gravitated towards like love poems and like yeah. things about love mm-hmm. and relationships, even though I was like nine years old. Yeah. Like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. yeah. I think at one point I felt like I was like a hopeless romantic. In yeah. A way. So I think, I think I, it was I, the era that we grew up in because when I think about the music that was around, it was, I was listening to R&B as well. And it was like a lot of this like, I'm really, really into you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be with you, blah, blah, blah. And I think that, I don't know about you, but I, I think that influenced me. Yeah, I think, like like I said earlier, with, like, uh, being drawn to, say, like, an artist like Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. is kind of what I gravitated towards mm-hmm. R&B, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, did you play uh, or did you pursue your your music into you know your high school and college years high school no um mm. i was more into sports like i oh, was okay. at one point i was gonna be a coach mm. you know so like that was my high school and middle school experience was more like focused on like sports mm. but i still had you know guitar in my life like i've had the guitar around me since about third grade you know, oh wow um, had six guitars at one point yeah um, wow that's really cool yeah just collecting i still have a guitar actually just to tell you a little story mm-hmm. before i moved to brewster um there was a teacher mr tarantino right and it was kind of random but we would at some point it's like he'd bring a guitar out of the closet this one dude would play like the drums on like the chair and he would hand me the guitar right and we would just play so before i moved he actually gave me a guitar um, that I still have, and it's been what 17 years. Wow! And it's an old nylon string guitar that's a little kind of damaged, but that's a, a project of mine that I want to mm. work on. It's in my parents' garage right now. restore it. Oh, but cool! Yeah, that was something that like inspired me. Like he wrote on the mm. back of it, like um, let me say, like Darius, we will uh, we will miss you, but we'll never forget you. Aww. You know, so like mm-hmm. that struck a chord with me, I think, and like. Wow. had that over the years yeah but, um, to go back to my experience um i went to north lake college i got my associates there in 2018 is that in texas like, or is that over uh, north lake and college is in irving texas oh, okay got it yeah yeah so i was studying like um, a degree in business um till about 2015 is when i like made the commitment to music mm. So I took guitar one, you know, mm-hmm. I had taken lessons before that, but I took guitar one, kind of starting at the basics, took jazz improv, jazz mm-hmm. ensemble. Eventually I became both 
at you know separate times the treasurer and the uh, president of the jazz club wow um we organized uh, performances where we performed for the art galleries. Mm-hmm. You know that would happen once a month. That's so cool. Yeah, it was like a student, basically a student art gallery. Mm-hmm. So we did that for um, about a year and a half consistently. Um, we we fundraised at one point. We fundraised and raised about a uh, we gave out about nine hundred dollars in scholarships in one semester. Wow. You know stuff like that it was. Yeah, that's my awesome. You know, and then university, um, I started, I mean, I, um, I studied, um, music industry studies at mm. UT Arlington. Okay. Took private lessons there, about four semesters of guitar. Yeah. And you recently graduated, right? Like yeah. in the past year? Last year. Yeah. December. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So it's kind of wild, you know, it's been almost a year. Yeah. Time is flying. Time has flown. <laughs> I'm, I'm just grateful though. Cause it's like. So much has happened in the past yeah. year, and like a lot of experiences. Nice, like, yeah. Things move so fast. It's mm-hmm. like, wow. And I know we're gonna get into all of that here shortly too. So I'm super excited to hear about what you've been up to. Um, let's change gears here real quick. I want to talk about the other aspect of your artistry because um, I know we've discussed so far the music and the writing, but you also do photography a little bit here and there. Yeah. So when did you get into that? So I took digital photography, I think either my junior or senior year um, of high school. And I don't know, it was just something, being, say, in a, an environment like where there's a lot of trees, I've always been mm-hmm. grown, like drawn to that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think um, probably my parents gave me a, a camera at some point and I would just take pictures. Nice. And, um, it's just something I've always done, mm-hmm. you know, on my own. Yeah. You know, um, have you, have you posted your work? Cause I don't think I've seen much of your work. Okay. Photography. There was one photo I had posted. Like it was, it used to be, there was a Creek by, uh, by my, behind my grandma's apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you I, told me about that Creek that you yeah. would like meditate or, yeah. you know, kind of sit at. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I took a picture of that at one point, but like, as far as my photography, no, I don't think I've ever posted. Oh, that. okay. Do you do you plan on any at all? I mean, art's not always for the world, but mm-hmm. I'm always about like you know sharing it with the world. Yeah. So do you um, think you'll post it? Or I've exp- I've uh, thought about that in the past, but um, no immediate plans. But I think mm-hmm. at some point it would be something that I could explore. Yeah. You know? There's so many, like, I, I had no idea you were really into photography either, but there's just so many areas of art that everyone can pursue at any time. You know, we're all artists in some way. So when when you're taking photos, you know, are you, what what are you capturing? Just like the, the nature or are you putting some part of, you know, your emotions in it in some way? I think oftentimes when I've taken photos, it's been like nature based, mm. just something that like caught my eye, you mm-hmm. know, something something that was appealing to my eye. Um, but yeah, it just it's something that I never. It wasn't like it just came naturally. It was like okay, this is whether it be a creek or a tree, mm-hmm. something that meant something to me, to mm-hmm. me you know. Yeah, you yeah. just liked it and just, yeah. Yeah, it was something I felt like I, I wanted to capture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just part of like that art. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay, this is something that 
I wanted to take a picture of and I could so I did yeah I I love hearing your thought process behind everything because you are such a like a serene and calm person and now knowing that it's because you did grow up grow up you know in the in the country where everything was a lot more slow living and more mindful it just all makes sense I'm feeling much more calm even just like talking to you right now (laughs) (laughs) but that's also because we're cancer crabs and we're water signs um so with uh with you being at UTA um you graduated last year you mentioned how did you end up at, at UTA how did you end up in Texas from Brewster New York so, my very first semester um, in college, right after um, high school, I went to uh, Dutchess Community College in Poughkeepsie, and about week 13, I withdrew um, mm-hmm. from university, mm-hmm. from the community college, mm-hmm. feeling kind of uh, depressed, anxious, anxious mm-hmm. or whatever, and I wasn't able to connect with people, and I felt mm-hmm. like I got to a point, you know, go back to the writing thing where I didn't want to be there mm-hmm. um, so I kind of wrote my parents this letter mm-hmm. you know, kind of just expressing how I felt and that was the first time I'd really done something like that okay. were they pretty receptive oh yeah I definitely so after that I took about a year and a half off mm-hmm. uh, honestly I wasn't able to find a job in mm-hmm. that town I think I worked at I worked at Dunkin Donuts for three days <laughs> um, the lady told me um, I guess either I was too slow or she said she didn't have enough time to train me interesting okay. so that was something that was like all right well Okay, and I had always wanted to explore, uh, what's it called? Um, explore the idea of living in another state. Mm. And my grandma uh, lives uh, lives out here. Okay. So some of the some of my family from my dad's side is out here. Oh, cool. Um, so I have family here. Um, Your parents are still in New York, then? Yeah, my parents oh, are still in New York. Okay. Yeah. So like my dad's mom's out here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that side of the family. Um, so <clears throat> I. Didn't initially necessarily come out here for school, but my cousin, she went to North Lake, um, and, you know, I knew, or at least I was aware that it was close by, so it's about a, uh, a like, a mile or two from mm-hmm. my grandma's place. Wow. I actually, I actually used to walk there. That's at, nice. At times, like, with a guitar and everything. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a journey. Like, yeah. I was at that, I was at that community college for about five years. Okay. Um, so... Basically, that connection with, obviously, like, my grandma being here is what brought me here, mm-hmm. family, essentially, but also just wanting to um, explore another state mm-hmm. and see what, what what that would, you know, um, what that would, you know, uh, basically see what happens, essentially, yeah. you know, and take that, take that opportunity. Yeah, and now you've been in Texas 10 years. Yeah. How have, have you liked it? Well, of course, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you like, like it. This is home at this point yeah um, and yeah um long term you know I do want to like look elsewhere but mm-hmm. like I want to like buy property here mm-hmm. and continue to build on what I what I've you know what I've experienced mm-hmm. so yeah I mean I have enjoyed my experience in Texas and, yeah uh, and how did you get involved with the um like the Arlington art community when did you when do you feel like you stepped into that community and started you know doing everything that you do with it so that was um had to be 2019 2020 Mm -hmm. um you know record label studio management um 
through record label studio management. That's where I actually met. Is that Nick. a course or is that a uh, program? Yeah, so it was. It's a course technically, but it you know, uh, UTA has a record label. It's a mm-hmm. student-run record label, mm-hmm. but it's attached to a class. Mm-hmm. And that class is where I met Nick, uh, Nick Rude. Um, that's how we were able to connect because he was the chief of staff um, at the time, and I was part of the like marketing and sales and sales and merchandising department because we were split up in, in the, the departments of a label okay. to kind of simulate being in, cool. being in a label um, and through that I met Eli um, Tomanovich and Garrett Martin mm-hmm. and I think we did a show at um, Truth Vinyl mm-hmm. um, and we had organized a like a bar crawl I think they were going to do mm-hmm. I don't think we actually did the ever did the formal one but me, Nick, Kim, Garrett, and Eli, we all went to a couple of different bars uh, that night. And kind of like, I was able to connect with them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I guess, pretty much like my in- in- introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't join, say, football team until about like two years later, mm-hmm. much later. Um, but just being at UTA it was pretty much like how I was able to get involved, you know. Okay. Um, from there, in between that, you know, EJ uh, Calderon, um, he was a fellow alumni as well, mm-hmm. and I was able to work with him and Nick uh, f- with Frio Live Productions mm-hmm. and Jekylls and, oh, yeah. and Caves, mm-hmm. so that was like, the, my introduction to those venues yeah. and how I was able to begin my start with audio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and you were doing this all while you were in school. This was all during your time at UTA. What was there anything else that you were partaking in or, or you know doing while you were at UTA other than the um, you said the record label? Record label student management. We started KD Productions in 2020. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, so, uh, you, Kim, and Nick. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Kim, Nick, Darius. Kim, Nick, Darius. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Um, can you share with us why y'all formed that and what it stands for and. Well, I guess the K&D is obvious, but um, your mission statement, I should say. Essentially, it's just um, focused on, you know, bringing a spotlight to artists, mm-hmm. um, you know, just doing cool stuff with artists, collaborating, promoting artists, and just contributing to the space, you know, with, when, it, when it comes to music mm-hmm. and community and stuff like that. Um, and why essentially was during COVID, my, my, my very first semester was the very, the semester right before COVID. So, like, I started mm. fall 2019. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, March 2020. Is How many it. years were you at UTA? Two and a half. So oh, I, wow. I spent so you, five semesters. Yeah, you finished quick, though. Yeah, I transferred yeah. with my associate's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I transferred basically as a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was fortunate to be in that position okay I think that's kind of where I'm at right now then because yeah I just need a couple more semesters or two more years total Mm -hmm. okay cool I'll have to talk to you more about that because I don't know what I'm doing really like it's been so long (laughs) since I've been in college yeah you know what I mean I get that (laughs) yeah is uh, knowing what you knowing what you want and mm-hmm. like you know having direction. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like the transition period of like, what do I really want anymore? Mm-hmm. That's the hard part because like you have to declare a major, and I think that's overwhelming for me because mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to just choose one. <laughs> you know, I want to do little bits of everything. It's funny you say that because mm-hmm. when I was, I think 
this is maybe like while I was still at North Lake, but maybe a little bit before. There was a part of me that wasn't sure exactly where I wanted to go as far as like major or study is concerned because I almost felt like I could do anything that I wanted. Like I could adapt to yeah. whatever that career field was, I could mm-hmm. do it. You know, it didn't matter what it was, mm-hmm. you know. And I got to a point where it was like, if I'm gonna potentially go into debt for anything, it mm-hmm. has to be music related. Mm-hmm. You know. So, okay. So that was like the, the That was your thing. Yeah. That's you know? really good. So you are really like a music head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what um I, I, I guess I just love that because you know, everything about you really does speak artistry. You're, you're right now, like, off air, you were telling me that you, um, you know, typically have nights, you work nights because you're doing so many different gigs and with different venues. Um, can we actually jump into that? Like, can you tell me, or tell the audience, I should say, because you told me already, um, what all are you doing right now? So, I do candy Productions. We do that um, Friday nights at Caves. Saturday Night at Jekylls. I work for the House of Blues mm-hmm. as a stagehand and an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I also do corporate AV uh, one to two times a week um, as a gen technician. You know, I do audio as well with them at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also, right now, I study digital marketing, and that's one of the things that I'm like transitioning and mm-hmm. trying to. Uh, utilize with everything that I'm involved with. Okay. And um, what what exactly is digital marketing? Can you share with with us? Yeah. So, kind of to simply put it, it's the you know the way that I've kind of um, defined it for myself is the use of marketing through various tools. Uh, such as Canva, um, strategies, channels and platforms like Facebook, social media, Instagram, TikTok, email marketing, Mm -hmm. right? And to go a little further into that, you know, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was how can that help artists, right? So to simply put it, at marketing alone is to advertise or promote something, right? And for an artist who wants to make creativity profitable, something that is able to pay for their living, mm-hmm. you know, you have to understand the importance of, you know, say digital marketing, social media in the space that we're in right now and the direction that we're going, you know, um, as far as, you know, social media is concerned. Um, so for an artist, you know, who wants to make creativity their, their profit, profitable and something that is sustainable um their their product is essentially their music you know their art right Mm -hmm. and um social media digital marketing is essentially you advertising that to an audience right fans or people who just support your music and um social media is just one of the ways that People can bring one awareness to their brand, engage with their target audience, and generate sales. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially, I'm using that skill set and mm-hmm. trying to study that skill set mm-hmm. in this field to do that one for myself mm-hmm. as an artist, but help others yeah. along the way. Okay, wow, I love that. And when did you uh, jump into all this? 2020, I would say. Okay. Um, 
yeah, honestly, like, going back to COVID, I realized I fared much better than most. Mm. You know, I'm very grateful for how things turned out for me because mm-hmm. it really was a turning point, mm. you know, for me. I was able to stay employed with House mm. of Blues during mm-hmm. that time. You know, um, I was in school. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I still had my struggles. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that happened mm-hmm. that kind of transformed me in a way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just the internet is essentially kind of how I came across that field um, mm-hmm. in general. Um, just following certain people. Because I realized how powerful social media is. Because mm-hmm. um, it can be very distracting. It is, it is very distracting. Yeah, I know we've had some conversations about it's, that. Yeah. It's, it's very... Um, yeah, it's very powerful because they're literally studying people and creating, mm-hmm. say, customer profiles, mm-hmm. avatars to target you. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to bring awareness to that yeah. and help artists understand, like, they're essentially vying for your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have to, I think, artists, it's important to be not just a consumer of uh, content or just information but be a producer as well mm-hmm. and understand how to balance yes, that correct yeah I, I love everything you're saying because I think during that time for me like 2020 I was consuming more than creating because of just trying to numb my mind and just like scrolling 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 and you know you get into it's an addiction being on your phone is an addiction yes. and going back to school for me personally has helped me like just not be on my phone as much because I'm like I got other stuff I gotta do I gotta turn in assignments so it really does help kind of um like being off your phone I just feel so much more clarity I'm not feeling like I have to check I'm not like like my arm is in a sore because I'm holding my phone up you know what I mean (laughs) like I can feel a difference and um it does it like I said, it really is, is an addiction that you kind of have to catch yourself when you're starting to consume too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and I'm still fighting that at times. Yeah, it's like yo, like I don't really like I use there's a I forgot what it's called, but it's um like a digital well being setting on uh, my phone at least mm-hmm. where you can set uh, parameters as far as like how timer. much time you spend mm-hmm. on each app. Yeah. Whether it be not allowing you to get on the app at all or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, utilizing stuff like that. But, yeah, just um, understanding, you know, how powerful these things are. And, like, most of the activity that we're, we're uh, doing when it comes to this, the social media, like, just viewing stuff, mm-hmm. it's uncon- you're, like You're doing it unconsciously, yeah. you know, and it just gets you numb (laughs) it really does and back to what you were saying with like the um you know the the whole internet they're they're building a a profile for you sometimes i see things like like ads and i have to literally like tell myself don't click this because then they're gonna know what you're you're wanting like i have to tell myself to not click things i have to like stop myself from um like just getting like even saying things because you know your phone picks up stuff that you say too (laughs) yeah and it's real and if we don't catch ourselves we're gonna become we're gonna be caught up in the matrix basically yeah Yeah. when did you realize all this was it 2020 i think so just like having that time to myself and Mm. just being in a um 
a period of transformation. Yeah. Where you realize, like, you kind of have to look. I just got to a point where I had to look at what I was doing and mm-hmm. how I was spending my time. It, you know. What things would you say have? What habits have you broken, or what good habits have you started during this transformation of yourself? Still battling some of these things, but mm-hmm. you know, just like consistently, like cleaning my room, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. You know, I think mentally, like I think I need that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, as a good thing like keep yeah it keep okay. my room mm-hmm. tidy so like yeah my desk mm-hmm. stuff like that um it makes a huge difference yeah you know, waking up at a specific time mm-hmm. um say turning my phone off for an hour mm-hmm. going for a walk without mm-hmm. my phone mm-hmm. going into the supermarket without my phone mm-hmm. um things like that but um also like my living situation whether you know, um, I lived for the most part with my grandmother mm-hmm. um, for the majority of the time that I was here, that I've been here. Um, then I got the opportunity to live in a dorm for mm-hmm. a year. And just those different living situations, the good and the bad, kind mm-hmm. of gave me opportunity to kind of just like take a look at myself mm-hmm. and like how I was changing and how, mm-hmm. what things I was doing and wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on your different environments, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of. I've always been, I guess, um, or I've been more and more increasingly, and just part of who I am be very intro- introspective mm-hmm. and self reflective. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the art, you know, yeah. for myself. Um, like, that's where a lot of my writing now comes from, is mm-hmm. just, just very like as, a, as opposed to calling it poetry, mm-hmm. you know, I do label it that at times, but mm-hmm. I call it like self reflective mm-hmm. writing. Do you ever share any? Because I know you've been to RVC a couple times. I don't remember if you've shared anything that you've personally written. Because I know you've you've read from... The first time, I think we were at like Manny's house or something. Uh uh In his his front yard. That was an original that you read? Yeah, Okay. So, the only time I've ever read anything that wasn't original was at RVC. Was it Halton Theater? There were like two or three of them, but Mm. it was... um, um, What's the name? I can't think of the name. Um... Charles Mingus's uh, Beneath the Underdog. Mm. I, I read like a little passage. Mm-hmm. I've been to RBC maybe three times, mm-hmm. maybe three or four. Um, but most of the other times that I've been there and read something, it was original. Okay, nice. Sorry, sometimes it's hard for me because I like, I've gotten much better about it, but like I was trying to do too much at one time where I was like hosting, taking photos. Um, so sometimes I just like have to, that's something I've learned for myself too, is like do one thing. Because I can't put all my focus into everything, you yeah, know. When you kind of split point. yourself up too much, it's you really don't get the full effect of what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. to go back to, um, uh, yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say, but um, one to comment on what you said as far as the focus thing. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I've kind of thought about was like. As entrepreneurs or whatever, you know, the stuff that I like see as far as content on social media, they, you would often see, oh, you have to have multiple streams of income, this and mm-hmm. that, blah, 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 right? But you have to start with one. Right. Most of the time, they start with one. Yeah, you got to focus on one first. And that allows them to branch out once mm-hmm. that one thing has reached a certain level mm-hmm. and is, has some sort of foundation then they're able to branch out mm-hmm. you know same thing with like say a hip-hop artist right mm-hmm. like jay-z he you know figured out the music industry part that you know being an artist being a rapper you know first and then was able to branch out and mm-hmm. be, you know um say uh, i think rock nation 
um, you know, being a sports agent or, you know, being someone who's in, invested in that field, you know, and being someone that can create that and being, you know, someone who invests in art. I think him and Beyonce are, like, are into art and they, like, mm-hmm. buy a lot of art and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, so it's important to, you know, plant your seed in one spot, yeah. get that kind of going mm-hmm. and then being able to, like, branch out. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, you know, be multifaceted and... Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, have your have your uh, attention split. Yeah, and especially with all the things that can distract us. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of the things are geared to distract us. Right. You know? Yeah, I think you and I both were on the same kind of transformation, uh, you know, journey since 2020. Because we've we've had some conversations about you know things that we were doing. I don't know about you, but like, well, number one, I'm I'm learning that we're so similar in as far as like all the artists like all the artistic things that we do um i'm not you know as much into the sound and the audio part as as you are or well you know versed in that but it's it's so hard like you said to to really or it's crucial i should say to like focus on one thing i think that's where i got caught up in the past couple years is i was trying to do way too much with chang food productions and now i've kind of just taken a step back and narrowed it down like okay what is what is one thing that I can focus on and what exactly am I even wanting because I was trying to like seem like I was shooting darts at so many different things and it's just you can't really get anywhere if you're doing way too much because like I was saying like your energy you can't give all of your energy to everything something's gonna give something's you know gonna have to suffer unfortunately so how do you balance yours? Like, what is your main focus right now? My main focus, um, I would say paying my bills, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and continuing to find the balance in all the work mm-hmm. that I'm doing. Um, I like audio. I like being, mm-hmm. you know, in that world. But long term, just based on, like, how I am as a person mm-hmm. and how I've kind of grown the late nights and um just honestly the pay is not there mm-hmm. you know um, the 18 hour days like that stuff mm-hmm. like we t- i talked to nick about that kind of thing mm-hmm. you know, production that doesn't ever actually really stop from what i understand mm-hmm. you know as far as like the long the long game yeah i don't necessarily think i'll drop it but mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it's something i thought about and i'm like i realized like i have to look for other things that's why like mm-hmm. digital marketing is one of those okay. things yeah transitioning to that or um, maybe more of a production manager role mm-hmm. um, and you know kind of this year is gonna be and has been for, for the past couple, couple of months focusing more and going getting back to say being a, a, an artist a musician mm-hmm. you know performer yeah um you're, you're so behind the scenes all the time I, i'd love to see you more like in front of the you know or i guess behind the mic as opposed to behind the everything else yeah, yeah. i'd love to see more of your that's, work that's something i've had to come to and and, and um i guess coming to review mm-hmm. about is mm-hmm. like being um this this person or being or having this this facet of myself, mm-hmm. whether it be business or marketing versus the artist and expressing myself mm-hmm. and um, um, feeding that part of myself mm-hmm. more. Um, so 
yeah getting back to the art mm-hmm. um, you know but the thing is audio audio in a, in a sense and just the way communicating and the marketing that is essentially me expressing myself in a different way mm-hmm. so I've never I haven't necessarily abandoned that but mm-hmm. like the guitar playing you know the singing mm-hmm. is something that's important to me yeah you know, so and the writing mm-hmm. um so that's kind of where my focus has been you know um the digital marketing is one thing that will allow me to uh, build a foundation around that mm-hmm. you know so by learning that doing that for myself and then being able to kind of spread that knowledge and information mm-hmm. with others mm-hmm. and kind of essentially um, living within my purpose you know mm-hmm. and I believe my purpose is to learn things and to share with others yeah so that's everything that I do is kind of re- it revolves around mm-hmm. that, that 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 idea yeah essentially you know? yeah I like that can you share with us what a typical day in Darius's life looks like? <laughs> I guess, or more of um, like a day where you have a lot going on. What does that look like for you? Like when you wake up, share with us. Um, honestly, I wake up pretty early. Mm-hmm. I'm an early bird, naturally. Um, I don't, I'm, I've had to battle with this um, as far as productivity is concerned, mm-hmm. you know, in the morning. Mm-hmm. times where I'm like not doing enough in the morning mm-hmm. even though I'm, I'm up I might look at my phone too much mm-hmm. or whatever but I wake up pretty early um, sometimes I'll go back to sleep it's just not not ready yet or look at my phone um, stuff like that uh, drinking water you know mm-hmm. I, I might go for a walk um, but normally scheduled to work you know they're recently I guess I've been working a lot, so I end up working five, six, seven days a week. Wow. Yeah, so that's been um, kind of the routine is just kind of waking mm-hmm. up, kind of slowly kind of getting my thoughts and like, myself together and just kind of getting after it as far as work is concerned. Um, but there are times when I'm like fully conscious and like I'm like, okay, I have the willpower to mm-hmm. like do other things and do more, whereas I will wake up. Um, realize okay I need to stop looking at my phone mm-hmm. you know um, go for a walk mm-hmm. you know um, I like to sit on my patio uh, there's a tree mm-hmm. right in front of my patio I like to look at that and meditate at times or mm-hmm. sit out there and read um, but yeah I mean it's either working or just kind of uh, sometimes I'll just pick up the guitar too early mm-hmm. in the morning or listen to music mm-hmm. um, just kind of like kind of get lost in kind of myself yeah what about you know your your line of work um do you have to get there at a certain time to like is there a lot of not downtime but I'm just asking because I know Pat usually leaves like an hour to two hours for gigs Mm -hmm. because he has his setup so is that the same process for you or are things already set up by the time you're you're there Uh, yeah um honestly most of my work the only, the only thing, the only work that I have that's in around town in Arlington is the K&E gigs. Mm. So I often have to drive to Dallas, um, whether it be for Encore, uh, mm. um, so yeah, I do have to leave like 30 to 40 minutes or an hour before I actually have to be at work. Yeah. Um, and there are at times downtime, um, at Encore, um, where I can just like be on my laptop, but often it's just gotta do something, do something else, and keep active. House of Blues can be be the same way at times, where we just kind of right after it. 
Um, but yeah, I just normally have to like leave an hour mm-hmm. or more before yeah before call time essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. From knowing Nick and seeing Pat, you know what what he does too. Um, and you know I've worked with Nick on on a few projects too. But like um, I know that as sound engineers, as audio engineers, like and I've seen you work too. You know at Dr. Jekyll's and Caves and everything. Like y'all do a lot that people don't realize. You know because you're not in front of the on the stage or anything. You're behind the stage and. I wanted to ask, do y'all, do you ever feel like overwhelmed or annoyed um, about certain things that you may experience being an audio engineer? Um, I feel like y'all don't get a lot lot of credit and some people may either take advantage or, you know, undervalue y'all. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with people in general. (laughs) Yeah. um, That can be, and it's. For me, you know, um, it's usually late, or and I've been there for. Mm. By the time the musicians arrive, I like to, when it comes to say the K and D gigs, get mm. there two hours before, mm. um, before um, the the band start, mm. to give myself enough time to set up and troubleshoot whatever issues mm. I'm having, with you know the House of Blues or whatever. Um, we're usually there four or five hours earlier because. My God. Say House of Blues, I'll tell you. Uh, or just any, say, if you work for like, a bigger production company, there's a thing called load-in, right? Mm. And what that entails often is taking the gear uh, off of a 18-wheeler or a sprinter van. And these things are heavy, whether it be, like, uh, risers that are, like, I don't know, 6 foot, 10, t- 10 feet long or whatever. Um, uh, My gosh. Truss, which is these big, long kind of things that can hang up in the air and have lights on them or lighting walls led walls stuff like that but um so stuff like that can be frustrating like i've gotten blood blisters you know like that stuff sucks Mm -hmm. you know blood blisters are just like trying to move around the venue and people are in my way or Mm -hmm. whatever Um, but it's it's part of the job or you know people uh, it's one is loud often maybe I can't hear them mm-hmm. they need something but I can't hear very well um, yeah it's just uh, it's one of those things there's just a lot of different little things that can you can yeah. deal with You're just dealing with people and mm-hmm. trying to do your job essentially yeah, yeah. okay and <laughs> I was just kind of thinking this while you were talking I hate having me uh, not musicians but like sound people on the show because with my mic set up right now I'm always like dot 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 <laughs> like hopefully hopefully the sound comes out good but like do y'all ever do you ever like when you hear something and you obviously like know how to fix things or you know how sound should like good audio should sound um how do you turn that part of you off like a reason I ask is because whenever I'm watching movies it's hard for me to turn my like artsy fartsy brain off to enjoy the movie sometimes so i'll just be like oh my gosh look at that shot oh my gosh the dialogue sucks or like all these thoughts go in my head and like at that point i can't really enjoy the movie as well because i'm just looking at the technical details so 
when you're not working, do you turn that side of you off or are you just kind of having to like fight the thoughts? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, yeah. I can definitely still enjoy the show okay. because I know I'm not there for that. And I'm like, no. Okay. But there's definitely a part of me that's going to do that anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, because so. I'm like, you're going to be listening back to this audio here and you're going to be like, man, her setup sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah. You know, it's one of those things, but I don't know. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I think okay. it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, just kind of like it is what it is. Yeah. It's, okay. There's only so much I can do. You mm-hmm. know, that's one thing. Is, no, I gotcha. You know. <laughs> I always wonder, just because, like, like I have those thoughts in my head where, like, if I, if I know how to do something, it's hard for me to just stop myself from being like oh, by the way, let me, you know, let me put my, put my two cents in. So I do have to, like, talk myself back from, like, it's not my job. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not my job. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's take a quick break here, Darius, and I want to come back and talk a little bit about some, you know, your, your favorite moments from your line of work and just in life in general. We'll be right back, y'all. Alright y'all, so we are back here with Darius Ortega and I wanted to ask Darius, I wanted to ask you um, if you could share with us just a, you know, a moment in your, in your career where you felt like, wow, this is exactly why I do this. When was the time you felt like that? Um, I mean, there are a lot of small things uh, or things that I've got to experience, but being able to say uh, see Thundercat, mm. that was pretty cool. Okay. Um, at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, and you being, were working. Just, at yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was a stagehand that mm-hmm. day, you know, helped build the stage and all that. Nice. Um, and then get, getting to see like people like Gary Clark Jr. as mm-hmm. well. It's really gaining access or having access mm-hmm. to you know those types of shows. But mm-hmm. like, I could say. Um, there was a there was a performance I think at Jekyll's, <clears throat> and often when, when people have guitars, there's a buzzing or whatever, you know, some ground noise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just made the suggestion to switch a D plug, you know, a power cable, mm-hmm. and, and that worked. Nice. And later that day or later that night, he like he's like a. The, the beauty or something or the perks of having a great engineer like he tagged me on the story <gasps> oh my gosh yeah. how cool stuff like that you know, yeah pretty cool. and then just when people compliment the show mm-hmm. and say it sounded really good this mm-hmm. and that you know it, nice. it feels good because yeah i did learn the recording aspect in school but i haven't always i struggled with in initially like imposter syndrome i guess mm. and felt like i wasn't necessarily technically sound mm. In, in that in the craft of audio because mm-hmm. um, I feel like because of how I experienced university mm-hmm. as far as COVID is concerned and mm-hmm. just the classes oh I yeah said, you know there's an audio production degree at UTA mm-hmm. and there's a music industry studies degree mm-hmm. and they're pretty similar um, in their coursework but they're a little different and mm-hmm. at times I just felt like I wasn't necessarily an engineer mm-hmm. but um, you know putting in the work and committing to it mm-hmm. And, you know, still being in this space, I realized, like, no, I am yeah. an engineer. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's all in what you put into it right. at the end of the day. And, like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, not necessarily be passionate about like being an audio engineer like all the time, mm-hmm. but it's really about music at the end of the day. And yeah, um, the way I simplify, I guess, it or the way that I look at it is like I get paid to listen to music, mm-hmm. and like, okay. that's all I need. You know? Yeah, you know like, what? It doesn't get any better than that. Okay. I was going to ask you a question, but I think you kind of uh, answered it. I wanted to ask, like, if you ever experienced burnout um, and how you overcome it. As far as burnout is concerned? Honestly, um, as far as audio is concerned, I don't think I've necessarily um, reached a burnout, um, but at least not yet but I've you know I've come to a realizing like okay I want to do something different and I want to do this but maybe change the roles and just change the way that I do it mm. and just um, do something yeah just do something different within that field but there was a point when I was at North Lake and somewhat at UTA where I kind of reached that burnout point where mm. I was doing the jazz club doing jazz improv jazz mm. ensemble and music kind of became like a chore and you know I got really intense with practice and it 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 changed the way that I viewed music in a way Mm -hmm. or at least practice and playing guitar Mm -hmm. and I've struggled with that um so that was something that I realized like I had to change my perspective on playing guitar Mm -hmm. literally playing not practicing it's about playing Mm -hmm. the instrument enjoying it and Mm. being present Mm. with that as opposed to focusing too hard on like um the technicalities or like the the language of music and the chords Mm. you know Um, it's less about the chords and the key and more about for me how I feel and Mm. like what I'm trying to express while I play or sing or Mm. whatever and um yeah, just kind of being in tune with myself and realizing like, no, nah, this is this is driving me crazy, or this is not this is not working because I'm not I'm not enjoying this anymore. So I need to change something. So mm. it's just kind of going back to like how I am as far as being introspective and okay. saying, hey, like there needs to be a change. Mm. I need to change my perspective, mm. change the thoughts around how I approach this mm. so that I can improve on this experience. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I was having a a breakdown the other day. Um, not the other day. The other month. <laughs> and Pat actually had to tell me, like, you've been really negative. And I'm just like, I was so annoyed because I was like, I deserve to be negative. Um, <laughs> but, like, he actually gave me a, a good talk. He was like, you know, I get it. You know, you're going through it. But, like you can also change how you look at things how you're choosing to like you know react or look at things and like I was annoyed hearing that but I did take time to process it after he he talked to me Uh, and that's so true it's it really is just about perspective sometimes being aware enough to be like you know what let me see what I can what you know find a positive a positive in something even if it's like you know, even if it's the smallest thing, just having a little glimmer of positivity does change your outlook, does change your your whole mood sometimes. So that's a great answer for, for burnout. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. So 
last what well another question before we move on to kind of the close out um what what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your line of work because you've done you're working you know different venues different places what do you think overall as an artist have you learned from your experience I mean, that's a kind of hard question to answer, <laughs> honestly. Um, can you phrase it differently? Yeah. I guess, yeah, less broad, more narrow. Um, so what? how would you say that you've... Um, hmm, sorry for everyone listening out there. Me and Darius off air, we're talking about how, like... ADHD is affecting me right now and being off meds. So I'm like trying to process my thoughts too. Um, let's see. I think my question is as an artist, right? With everything that you've grown up with, um, what have you learned being in the industry? Does that question resonate a little better? Yeah, I think because mm-hmm. um, it kind of falls in line with. The- one of the things that you had put on there, uh, your questions on mm-hmm. the outline. Um, as far as that, what I've learned or something that I've kept with me is realizing that like art doesn't have to be for 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 anybody but you. Mm. Um, there are pieces or there are um, things that you have or create that you can just be just for you and not be shared it can be just art for art's sake for expression something that you keep to yourself like the mm-hmm. photography thing we talked about mm-hmm. briefly mm-hmm. um i think that's important is kind of um yeah like you don't have to share everything um if you don't want to if that's mm-hmm. something that you don't want to um and i think it's important to have that mm-hmm. have a little bit of that to yourself yeah you're a little selfish mm-hmm. in that way um as far as art is concerned to relate it to the industry, um, it's a little hard to do um, because I've been a very, in a very technical space mm. as far as um, the stage hand. But um, communication, I think, um, is important. Transparency and just like um, just being a good energy, and uh, as far as you know, in my line of work, and uh, yeah, just being. Just doing your best and, you know, having a good energy about you, but um, just uh, being present, which is, mm-hmm. is very important, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah, like <clears throat> I mentioned earlier, like getting blood blisters or, mm-hmm. you know, you can get hurt mm-hmm. in some spaces, like caves or jekylls, like there's not many things I can like just like get hurt by, mm-hmm. but like House of Blues and like Encore, you know lifting very heavy things you know Mm -hmm. and like pushing things off 18 wheelers and like stuff like that you got to be very present in the moment Mm -hmm. and be aware but Mm -hmm. you meet different also you meet a lot of different types of people Mm -hmm. you have to be able to kind of adapt to to that Mm because not everyone's the most professional Mm -hmm. whether it be say the people you're working with or patrons Mm -hmm. you know i've had like i think (laughs) a couple weeks ago like this guy at caves was like kind of like grilling me you know mm-hmm. like it didn't seem i didn't even I didn't, it didn't necessarily seem like he was gonna like do anything but like mm-hmm. i think like one guy was like get on with the music already because like oh. i played music before the show mm-hmm. and like maybe they didn't like it or whatever that's so rude stuff like that mm-hmm. but like and then just 
you know, dealing, just working with people, working alongside yeah. other people, um, being oh, able that's to, so hard. <laughs> you know, manage yeah. that, but like communication, like say if I did, if it did get to a point where I had to say something, I mm. would, mm. but knowing when to and when not to, and mm. like, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, that is, that is, I mean, we're all in the business of people, we, you're right, we do work, have to work alongside people, that's definitely a huge learning opportunity in in all aspects yeah so yeah thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today Darius it's it's been really really cool getting to know more about you I feel like a whole new world of you (laughs) has has grown in my mind (laughs) um before we close out there are just a couple more things I want to ask what words of advice would you give to your younger self words of advice to my younger self mm-hmm. um, realize that uh, rejection is part of the process and so is failure mm. um, something that you have to deal with and you have to understand that in order to make progress and in order to um, learn from certain aspects of life you have to kind of understand that that's just how how it is how it goes at times Mm. Uh, that could be one thing okay and um let's see where can we find you on social media so my instagram is underscore senor ortega Mm -hmm. um and knd productions you know i i manage that for the most part Uh, so it's kmd underscore Mm p-r-o-d and that's uh some of the best places to reach me. Okay, more Pretty so Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And aside from the projects, you know, or things that you're you're currently doing, are there any upcoming shows or projects you have your hands in that that you want to share with us? As far as projects are concerned, um, the digital marketing space, mm. um, increasing my skill set in that mm-hmm. is important and getting to a point where i can say offer that as a service okay nice um you know and produce content on you know social media mm-hmm. and just get into the space where like i can get more experience and get more skills in that mm-hmm. it's one um but also getting back into a space where i am um, prioritizing making time for uh, playing guitar which mm-hmm. i've been doing mm-hmm. at home practicing playing just jamming mm-hmm. um, getting to getting out there performing mm-hmm. and jamming whether it be open mics like mm-hmm. OBC or just going to different jams and getting back to just the music mm-hmm. and just expressing myself in that set yeah. that myself in that way mm-hmm. is uh, something that is a work in progress and mm-hmm. is a priority for me because that's essentially what I've done um, up until this point like the production as far as live sound mm-hmm. and the digital marketing, all of that has been to essentially kind of support my own, myself as an artist, mm-hmm. you know, so that I had some sort of foundation. Yeah. Know, so that when I start to do it with the, for other people, like I yeah. can kind of see, hey, this is, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not just some dude like, mm-hmm. trying to sell you this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm out here with you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to see more of you as an artist um, it's, it's, it's a whole journey too. I, I was on the same journey where I was doing a lot of behind the scenes with the photography 
and I was like, you know what, I, I enjoy writing and performing too, like, let me kind of get back out there, so I'm really excited for your journey, um, are there any events or anything that you're excited for that you think you'll hit up in the, in the next year? RBC is one of them. Oh, yes, know, shout out RBC. <laughs> I just found out today the the Freeman. So I, I work at the oh. Freeman as well. Oh, you do? Okay. You know, yeah. uh, took a break and kind of it's the only place in Deep Ellum that I work, and mm. you know, it's kind of one of those offshoot spots mm. that I work. Mm. So, but um, I found out they have a blues jam. You know, oh. so might hit up that. Yeah. yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, let keep us updated. Let us know. Um, on your social medias where we can find you because I'd love to to hear you play. I don't think I've ever heard you play before. Well, yeah, thank you so much again for coming out so freaking late to talk to me today, Darius. It's been awesome. And everyone out there that's listening, go follow Darius on his platforms at on his Instagram and follow Candy Productions. And please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to tape this. And stay tuned for the next episode in December, y'all. We're going to have Damien Price, a.k.a. Apollo Soul. So I'm super excited for that. And as always, stay safe and spread love and light anywhere y'all can. Bye.